Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. So I want to continue today. Of course, the series, I've, this is our second month in, The Quest for Purpose. You see a lot of people that their lives get away from them because they forget their purpose or never knew it. Never learned their purpose. So in the quest for purpose, I want to do part two today of finding freedom. In the quest for purpose, a large part of your purpose is finding freedom in God. That's just the way God did it. That's the way God wired you. How many of you know you were not wired for bondage or slavery? Not in any sense. People say, man, yeah, there was slavery. No, I mean now in, spirit, in the spiritual sense, especially in your mind, many people are free, but they're not free. Many people live in the land of the free, but they're walking in bondage. They are completely chained to an addiction, a weakness, a habit, or they're worried about the past or today or tomorrow, and God has called us to find freedom in Him. That is part of our quest for purpose. Let's go to Galatians 5.1 in the NIV. Look at this. Very similar to the New Living Translation, but I liked the nuance, the way this is translated. Look at this. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Someone say freedom. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. God freed you so you could live in freedom. Does that make sense? He called you for freedom so you'd stay free. It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. You say, man, that, that sounds funny. Why would they say that? Well, because some people get set free and they go back into slavery and bondage spiritually it is for freedom that christ has set us free stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery there are many believers who still struggle with things and god has not called you to stay there he said man is it normal to struggle it's normal to have weaknesses but it's abnormal to stay stuck in the struggle are you still with me that's not for condemnation say man i feel bad no we speak truth so that he that the Son has set free is free indeed. When you hear the truth, Jesus said, you will know the truth. Someone say, know the truth. And the truth will set you free. Many people never really know the truth. They hear the truth, but they don't really know it for themselves. They don't really know it for themselves. Okay, so let's go to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Ephesians 1, 3. God did not set you free from the world so you could be religious. Religious means this is my way of reaching God. This is my way of being hard on others and saying they don't measure up. Religion is always very self-centered. It's harsh. It's critical. Jesus came to deal with religion so that he, we could have relationship with God through him. Now look at this. Look how powerful this is. Ephesians 1, 3 through 11. I love this in the New Living Translation. All praise to God. Someone say all praise to God. Oh, yeah, that's right. The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. You are seated in heavenly places with him, right? Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. Before he created the earth, he had a plan for you to be set apart from everything that's evil. That's what holiness is. Your holiness means I button my shirt all the way to the top. Holiness means I don't show any skin. Holiness means, man, if I ever got a tattoo, then I'm in trouble with God forever. No, no, that's not about that. Holiness is a condition of your heart. I don't get tattoos or things I don't do 
But I'm telling you, holiness is a condition of the heart. Holiness is this, real quick. Righteousness means God, He called you and He made you righteous by the blood of Jesus, so you are right with Him. Are you with me? By faith, no matter who you are or how you act, you've been called to be righteous. The righteousness of God in Christ Jesus once you've accepted Jesus. Now here's where we differentiate ourselves as Christians. When you're saved, really saved, you live saved. So you know you're righteous, and because you're righteous, you don't look like the world or act like the world. Because you're righteous, you live holy. That's set apart. Say, man, that's a judgmental message. That's a holy roller thing. I'm reading to you out of the Bible. God himself said, be holy because I'm holy. That didn't make sense to people in the Old Testament. They said, we got to be like you. You're like nothing we've ever seen. Nothing has ever come across the horizon like you. The ancient Hebrew term, kadosh. That's the only way they knew how to describe God is he's holy and he's different from us. He's different. But he says, I'm different and I've called you to be different. One verse says, I've called you to be a peculiar people. That word peculiar has an interesting connotation in the modern English language. But peculiar means hmm, oddly different. Not a weirdo. Someone say not a weirdo. I've met some weird Christians. I've met some Christians before and I'm like, if I didn't know Jesus already and I met you, I'd go, I don't want what you have. Nobody in here, nobody on the live stream, but I've lived a long life to me, over 40 years, in the church, and I've seen some Christians where I went, wow, what you have is crazy. I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's a relationship with God or you're acting religious, but that turns people off. God has called you to be right with him, which is righteousness. Someone say righteousness. Right. Now, when you're right with God, you can behave like you're right with God, and that's holiness. Holiness is behavior, okay? So check this out. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. How on earth? Wow! God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. You say, is this a condemning message? No, this is a message of hope because no matter what you've done, even recently, no matter what you've struggled with, God is faithful, he loves you, and when you repent, you're right with him just like that. Someone say, just like that. Scripture says in 1 John chapter 1, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. One translation says from all wickedness. Sin is wicked. Sin is evil to God. Anything that is sin, God does not celebrate. He does not live in. He separates himself from it because he is perfect and he is holy. He's called you to be like him. You say, I can't, you know, humans say this a lot, don't they? Well, I'm not, I'm not perfect, but... Dude, we already knew that. Why do we even start sentences with that? Well, I'm not perfect. And I, we know we have flaws. We know that. We know that, man, we're flawed. I'm very flawed. And you know what I love and hate about my role in the ministry? Y'all ready for this? I have a love-hate relationship with this. You're going to enjoy it. Every time I go into a series, if God hasn't worked in that area in my life in a while... He's sure to work in that area that week. It's just enough to just stress me out. I said, Lord, why are we, why are we doing what we're going to do this right now? God has never permitted me to get, to get up here and talk theory, ever. I don't get up and talk theory about God. They, they teach theory in colleges. That's why colleges are so ineffective. You say, well, i got to go to college. And that's great. If you're going to the next step, go to the next step. Educate yourself. That's great. But college missed 
missed the mark in so many ways with so many people and still does. They overcharge and then they shortchange you. That's, that's backward, isn't it? Don't they charge too much and they don't give you enough bang for your buck. Because you can go to college and never learn the basics of this. Walking in God's favor, putting Him first. Man, college, you know what's crazy about college? Say, man, are you, Pastor, man, I have a, I have a, a bachelor's degree in business administration with an emphasis in management and a minor in marketing. Was some of that useful? Great, greatly useful. But here's what's interesting about college. There were so many things that they just taught us theory about. And most professors and teachers in college never even lived what they were teaching. God has never allowed me to do that. Get up here and go, well, here's what I heard about the word. No, even this week, God's been dealing with me about what I'm going to talk to you all about. So don't be discouraged today and say, oh, man, Pastor Matt's messing with me. Maybe so, but God has been messing with me about this for a few weeks, and especially the last week I had to repent. God was dealing with my heart. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him what? Great pleasure. You were created to bring God pleasure. Someone say that. I was created... To bring God great pleasure. Next verse. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. God's given you grace. The power to succeed. That's what grace is. The power to do right and live right and act right. He is so rich in kindness and grace, once again, that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. Aren't you glad? Hmm. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ. This is good. Hang in there. Which is to fulfill his own good plan. God's plan is his purpose. God's purpose is his plan and his design. Been talking about the quest for purpose. Look, God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill his own good plan. All right. And this is the plan. You ready? At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Scripture says in Philippians, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You say, even the demons? Oh, yeah, everyone, everything will bow. And this is the plan. Once again, at the right time, he'll bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. That's powerful. What verse is that? That's 10. Okay, let's go to the next one. Verse 11. Further, furthermore, I knew we were near the end there of my text. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, someone say united with Christ. That is good. You have been married to Christ. We have received an inheritance from God, for he chose us in advance, and he makes what? You're going to love this. He makes everything work out according to his plan. People say, so God's going to make everybody, everybody, everybody do what he wants. That, that's not free will, no. He's going to let everybody choose, but in general, his plan will be fulfilled perfectly to the last line of Scripture, everything. Now, here's my question. You read in there where you were created for God's good pleasure, right? We're tied into God's plan because we're created for his pleasure to have relationship with us. Did he need us? No. 
But here's the beautiful thing. You say, man, wait, are you beating us over the head with the word? No, check this out. This is even more beautiful than needing. He didn't need us. He wanted us. He chose you. If you were adopted, man, that's something special. Even in the physical, all truth is parallel. Folks say, man, I had my babies. I couldn't stop them. They just came. They're running around the house. These are my babies. Well, yeah, but you had those babies. But then when you adopt a child, wow, you chose that child. You said, I'm going to rescue you. You're coming with me. Something special about adopting. Same with God. Scripture says he adopted us into his family. Oh, man, and I love this. Let's go to the beginning of that, verse 11. I'm going to read it again, and I'm going to hit you with some points. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God, for he chose us in advance, and he makes what? Everything. Someone say everything. Everything work out according to his plan. Powerful. Powerful. So I have a question for you. Does glorying in yourself, your abilities, your self-sufficiency, Walking in pride, does that bring him pleasure? Mm-mm. And pride is never truly walking in freedom because pride has bondage just like any other sin. <clears throat> so number one today, saying no to pride. That's part of you finding freedom in God. Now let's talk about pride for a minute. There's different types of pride. There's team pride. I know what they mean by that. That's great. Yeah, man, I'm proud of my team. That's good. You're proud of your kids. That's great. Here's the thing about pride. Pride alienates you from God and other people. Pride says, I don't need God's help in this. I've done that a lot in my life. Forgetting to pray about something or marching through days of life and not praying. Have any of y'all ever done that? You're telling God, I don't need you today when you don't seek him. You say, well, I'm at a place, though, where I'm struggling. No, well, then talk to him. That shows that you need him. You say, man, it's all I can do. Man, you may have gone through a season and say, man, it's all I can do, Pastor Matt, to get out of bed. I can't even focus to read my Bible. I have to hear verses here and there. I'm struggling with it. But you know what? You talk to God. That shows that you are dependent upon him. Ask him for his help. Ask him for advice. Ask him for wisdom. Tell him he's great. You say, God already knows he's great. That's the same line of thought gets people in trouble at home. Said, I told my kids I loved them five years ago. They remember. No. I have a great memory, but I'm going to tell you what, I have a short-term memory about stuff like that. Mm -mm. You were created to bring God great pleasure. And I'm going to hit some stuff here on saying no to pride. There's different types of pride. There's self-will. There's those who say, I'm not going to obey God because I know best. There's those that ask advice and don't care to take it unless it lines up with their preconceived notion of what they needed to do. That's pride. There's pride that says, I'm going to argue with you on every point. I'm naturally contentious. When I'm struggling, I argue stupid stuff. So the wall's gray. I'm like, ah, it's, it's, it's common gray. The wall is gray. Oh, it's light gray. Who gives a rip, right? Do I want to be right or do I want to be right with God and right with people? Think about that. So let's look at what Proverbs says briefly here. Proverbs 15, 25, look at this. You know these, but let's... let's Let them fall down deep into our hearts today. The Lord tears down the house of the proud, but he protects the property of widows. Wow, that's interesting. He tears down the house of the proud. Proverbs 16, 18, look at this. Pride goes before destruction and haughtiness before a fall. 
you know how many times I've walked in pride or didn't listen to my parents or ignored something my wife had said or someone else had said, and it was just like they said. Now, it doesn't mean you go around with fake humility because fake humility is a form of pride. I remember years ago we sat in a meeting with pastor. It was before we were um, actually official lead pastors of the English service, my wife and I. And there was a young lady in there, and I love her dearly, but I'll never forget the look on her face. It's like I was remembering today as I was continuing preparation for this message. We sat in a meeting, and I'm not going to give you all the details, but she sat there, and her humility was so fake, she looked ridiculous. She was going, just so pious and so humble. It was something about an idea she had had for the church, and it was this weird situation. And we sat in there, and she was just... Oh, she was just so humble. And I was, I was thinking, man, that, you don't even come across as genuine with that fake humility. I'd, I would rather, Pastor Joel said this so well years ago. He said, I'd rather someone just act up with who they are. He said that about youth. He said, if, if one of my youth members will just act up and act rebellious, good. That way I know what the, what's there and we can deal with it. I hate it when people are all, yes. God bless you, Pastor. Oh, yes. And they leave, and they're like, man, Pastor Matt's a jerk. The words that he says are dumb. Had a guy like that years ago. He would leave here and go to work and talk bad about the message that I'd preached. It got to my attention years later. I said, you, know, you realize he would disagree with all your messages and come talk, talk about you at work. I'm like, I don't care. That's between him and God. The word still went out with power, and it obviously had effect on him. It was forcing that pride up in him. Look at this. Let's go to James 4, 6. Look at this. Don't worry. Say, man, this is freaky, man. This is tough. No, don't. we're, we're not going to dwell here, but hold on. And he gives grace generously, Scripture says. As the Scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace. He empowers the humble. He empowers the humble. Two things I don't like in life that I think are tied to pride. Two things ungratefulness oh you want to get on my bad side don't say thank you don't say thank you and just praise God that I'm not in a position where I can just kick you that irritates me man give someone something they're like mm-hmm I remember in the hood they used to go yeah give them a compliment they're like yeah yeah what you mean yes, sir? I'm just kidding. Can't do that in every, can't do that in every context. If I went back to the hood now, I would. I'd say yes, sir, right? God gives grace to the humble. I don't like ungratefulness, and I don't like disrespect, real disrespect. People are just rude just because they want to be rude or mean because mean they, they feel grumpy or whatever. Just don't be disrespectful. Or I'm talking to kids, and they're ignoring me. I don't, I don't, I don't play that game. Like, hold on, I don't know what mama lets you do, bruh, but come here. We're about to have a heart-to-heart, or little sis. No, 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 don't be disrespectful. I had very few occasions when I worked in the, uh, back in the day, it was our academy before it became the military academy. In the military academy, we caught disrespect from almost everyone (laughs) because it was so strict, it just forced the rebellion up in everyone. But back in the day, before the military academy, just the regular Christian academy, I, I, there were just like two times ever that I was disrespected blatantly to my face. And I thought, no, you don't. You don't get to do that. You may not like me, but treat me with respect. Scripture says, 
treat everyone with respect. So that's just part of humbling yourself. God gives grace to the humble. It takes humility to go, thank you for this gift. It, it shouldn't, but I guess it does. I've given people gifts before, and they just didn't even thank me hard. That's strange to me. Strange. They weren't taught, but uh, there's also some pride there. It's like they were annoyed you got them a gift. I'm like, well, give it back. I'll sell it on the black market, the white market, the green market, the red market, the yellow market, whatever market. Give it back. I'll give it to someone else, right? Different forms of pride are, you know what? And, and we've all been there. You say, uh, pride is someone says something in a group that's proud to lift himself up above everybody, and it makes everyone cringe. It's cringeworthy. That's pride. Or, well, hey, that's, that's a type and shadow there. Or you say, someone acts a fool in a group, and their attitude makes everyone cringe. You guys have seen the people, though, that are trying so hard, and you know they're insecure, but that's how they roll. That walk, that look of pride. Scripture says that God even despises a proud look. It says that in Proverbs. He doesn't like it. I have, I have graphic memories of people being proud with my dad over the years or proud with mom as they were pastoring and doing their best, man, founding pastors of this ministry. And there were folks that were just, just hard-nosed and hard-headed and proud with them and just mean. Now, let me give you a story, and you're going to go, what? That's crazy. I'm going to give you two stories. One lady showed up to church one night. I'll never forget it. Well, I believe it was at the old church building. We didn't know her from Adam. She sat in the crowd with an attitude you could feel it for 15 feet around her. Full of pride. I guess she'd been hurt and abused. You never know with people's stories. But, man, she was untouchable. After church, she walked up to Dad. And she thought she was going to catch him off guard. Now, I need you to understand something about dad. Dad is in full support of women preaching and teaching the word. Okay? As am I. All right? Pastor Jen has led on a Sunday morning. My mom has. You say, man, it's rare. Well, they have. We've had women speak in here. We've had Pastor D over the years. We've had, uh, man, I can name all kinds of ladies that have spoken in here and led a complete service in here. Over and over again. So dad has always been in support of women ministering. But this woman was full of pride. It was her first time at church. Now imagine, this is, gonna, this is one of those cringeworthies. Y'all ready? Y'all just go like this with your shoulders. Ooh. Go ahead. Get ready. First time at church. She showed up and she said, Dad, maybe I'm messing it up. See if I got it right. She said, what do you think about women preaching? You remember that one, Dad? And Dad said, well... If God could use a donkey, he could use anyone. <laughs> Let me just tell you something about dad. You don't walk up and try to just throw a jab because dad's a counterpuncher. And his counterpunch will knock your head off. And that, you say, man, that wasn't in love. I feel like it was. He didn't get mad. I've seen pride dealt with, and here's the crazy thing. If you don't humble yourself, God will allow you to be humbled somewhere else. I had, I had something this past week, man, that I had to repent of, and God brought some new layers and levels of humility in me. I had to apologize to someone that I'd hurt, and it, I had to really humble myself. Man, it, you say, man, it, it's hard to apologize. Well, beyond that, I feel like 
it's way easier to apologize than it is to apologize means something and let real change happen and recognize God's dealing with me. Anybody can apologize without change, right? I'm sorry. Are you? That's between us and God, I know, but I want to I bring that in here. Openness, man, repentance, humility. Look at this. You, how, how many of you know that without humility you can't have real repentance? Y'all know that? Look at what Jesus said in Matthew 5.5. 5. I love the Beatitudes. You know the blessed are? I love those, the blesseds. This translation says God blesses. It doesn't say blessed are those. It says, God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. You will reign with Christ if you will keep your heart humble. Always amazing to me when I talk to someone about something simple and they're like, <laughs> but then you talk to another person about something that's bigger and they're all, man, thank you. Wow, you're going places, kid. Pride led me on roads I never would have wanted to travel. It, I've took back roads and detours over the years, not listening to mom and dad as my pastors and parents. And there was other times I humbled myself and I avoided lots of other pitfalls that people were falling into all around me. And can I tell you all something? Years ago, I don't know what we were talking about, me and Jen. I don't even know why it came out of my mouth. It showed what was in there. But I said, yeah, baby, I don't think pride's one of my weaknesses. Guess what, champ? You just told on yourself. And if you get called out for being proud, and you say, I don't see that, Pastor Willie James used to say, you are a liar. <laughs> Everybody struggles with pride. There are those who are proud and those who admit they're proud, but everybody's struggling with pride somewhere. It may be with secrets. Say, man, I don't want them to look down on me. Or with lies. Say, I'm going to lie to make myself look better. It always trips me out when someone just gives me their word for something, and I'm like, in the moment, they thought they made themselves look good in their pride, but they didn't know how to keep their word. You say, man, that happened once or twice. Yeah, that's great. But all the time, there's some pride there because it's tied into insecurity. Pride and insecurity go together. You think Jesus had to walk around like this? That looks stupid, doesn't it? He was God in the flesh. He said, behold, I am humble and meek. He showed up with the power to call down legions of angels to wipe out everything, and he was humble. He lowered himself to our level so that he could heal us and save us and redeem us. And no one could ever go back on God and say, you don't understand us. He'd say, I lived it, champ. I lived it. If God can humble himself, so can you. So can I. You got to be able to humble yourself. Now, there was another story I was going to tell. I don't think I'm going to go there with that one. So, saying no to pride, then, someone say then, then you can say yes to purity. If you get stuck in pride, oh man, pride is an open door to all kinds of junk. Pride leads to strife and, and, and contention. And where there's strife is, there's what? <clears throat> where there's strife, there is every evil work. Jealousy, rage, anger, lies, fear, intimidation, you just name it. It leads to every evil work. So if you 
are saying no to pride, then you can say yes to purity. Wow. How, why? Humility purifies and opens, it purifies you and it opens the door to freedom. Let's go to Matthew 5, 8. Look at this one. God blesses those whose hearts are pure. That comes three verses after, blessed are the humble, for they will inherit the earth. Jesus goes on to say in that same context, God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. They will see God. What's the importance of purity? Well, one day you'll know when you stand in God's presence, but for now, just take my word for it, according to Scripture, and according to what I've heard from people who have, there are those who have been in God's presence and felt His presence so strong or have had visions of Jesus, and they said, no matter how great I lived or how great I thought I was doing, all I wanted to do is get on my knees in the presence of a holy God. He says, all of our righteousness, it's like filthy rags. Say, no, but I can do this, and I can do that, and I can... Yeah, I can count to 10. I remember there was a song years ago, it, it, um, not a song, it was a poem we memorized. You've probably never heard it, and it's so silly. I was in fourth grade. It was called, I Can Balance a Broom. I said, so-and-so can sing, so-and-so can jump, but I can balance a broom. Have you ever tried balancing a broom? That's hard to do, huh? I guess we're old school because I'm getting some looks from people right now. Balance a broom? Is that an app? No. <laughs> No, mijo, is not an app. No, mija, it's not an app. Balancing a broom means you didn't have anything else to do, and you were told to clean, and so you went outside, and you got the broom, and you put the staff of it, the wood part on your hand, and you walked around and tried to see if you could balance it. There's all kinds of things that you can do that I can't do. But it's interesting, in pride, before people ever get to the purity part, in the pride, people will be proud because they're insecure. They'll use that as... It's strange. They're proud because their cars tore up. They're proud because they don't have the money. They'll, and they'll tell you about it and brag about it. They're proud because they have more than you. I've told you stories of people driving up next to me at a stoplight here in town. I was driving the white church van, the 1997, not this upgrade y'all drove, even though it's getting to the place where it's not an upgrade. And I'd pull up and people would just drive up and look at me and do like this. Hi. Who cares? I'm in the church van. Those that know me and have known me for an amount of time, my wife had to talk me into buying myself a vehicle because I would just walk. Just ghetto, man. Just walk. One time, Sister Adrian, she was driving a bus, she was driving a bus to drive, I guess driving the kids. This was in the fall over 10 years ago. It was cold that morning, and I was walking to the academy. We lived in those apartments at uh, Shadow Ridge. And she saw me at a distance a block away, and she stopped the bus. And I remember thinking, why did that bus stop? And I got up to it. It was Adrian, the children's pastor. She's all, Matt, get in here. I was like, why? I'm only like five, six blocks from the church. She's all, crackheads go walking early in the morning. I went, do I look like a crackhead? You know. She's all, come on, come on. You know, like I was just doing some crazy thing. Here's the deal about God's word. The deal about God's word is this. That it will pierce your heart if you let it. People can hear it their whole life and say, yeah, that, okay, the word's good, it's strong. 
I, I know it's good. It's pure. It's refreshing. Scripture says it's a mirror. It shows you what's going on. It's a sword. It cuts and corrects. It's water. It cleanses. It's a lamp. It enlightens. It lights your path. But at some point, to unlock all the goodness of God, you've got to humble yourself. And when you humble yourself, you can really see purity. I saw a new anointing of purity in my life beginning about 10 years ago. And there were struggles. There were struggles in different areas because I had secrets. I had things from my past I didn't really want to talk to my wife about. I was embarrassed. Does it mean you get married and tell them everything? That's between you and God. But there were areas I needed to humble myself and talk to my wife and tell my dad and tell my accountability. Say, man, <clears throat> here's what I'm struggling with. I noticed that the longer I held on to it, the more it tormented me. Does that mean you go out and tell everybody? No. But you need to talk to someone. James says, book of James, nearing the end of the book, says, confess your faults one to another so that you may be healed. You got to talk to someone. Talk to them. Say, man, I, I'm struggling with this, man. I want to do right. But what do we do as humans? We act like wounded bobcats. You ever seen animals and stuff on the Discovery Channel that are wounded? You do not try to mess with them. We have dogs, and they're great dogs, but one of them, he's had a hot spot on his face. Have y'all ever, do y'all know what a hot spot is, dog owners? It's like a bacterial infection, and it burns, and it, they itch it and scratches. And this guy's a great dog. He's never hurt anybody. You can mess with his food while he's eating. You can take his stuff from him. He will not hurt you. But, man, he, he gets flustered when you're messing with him when he's injured. So you may need healing in your life if every time someone talks to you and tries to correct something, it's a threat. You may need healing in your life. And guess what? If you say that's not me, but you're doing what I just described, then there is a problem. I'm telling you, if you say I, I don't struggle with pride, I don't struggle with defensiveness, but people around you are saying, yes, you do. There's something going on. I've had that. You say, man, are you just singling? No, I've had that. Over the years, my wife said, baby, you're being defensive. No, I'm not. <laughs> that sounds dumb, doesn't it? Maybe you've done the same thing. You're acting angry. I'm not angry. Rawr! You know? No, there's something. No, there's something going on there. Humility will lead to purity. And when you're pure, man, there's, it's an open highway between you and heaven. You've heard about Jacob's ladder, the angels coming and going. Oh, yeah, there's a portal open to heaven, and God can pour out blessings on you when you're humble. It takes humility to give even. It does. It takes humility to obey God. Now, point three today. Let me get into this real quick. Pursuing peace. When you're saying no to pride and you're saying yes to purity, you can start to pursue peace. Look at Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. Matthew 5, 9. Look at this. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. Now, I don't mean peace, meaning no one say anything negative, even though they're acting like a weirdo. Let's just not deal with it. Let's not deal with problems. Let's not communicate. No. Did you know many times the path to peace is through a war zone?
There's been times to get peace into my own life with God's help and with those around me. It was to confess my sin and be heartbroken and humble and die a thousand deaths and say, I was wrong. This is wrong. It's hurting me. It's hurting others around me. Did you know alcoholics can never be free from alcoholism? According to the 12-step program and common sense until they acknowledge I have a problem. But I want to pursue peace. That's what 12-step programs are for. They want peace for heaven's sake. They want peace. And if there's people in here struggling with substances or those joining us on the live stream, there's hope for you in Jesus. There's hope for you in Jesus. You need to get connected. Let's give the Lord a clap. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. You need to get connected. Remember, you got to keep the faith, but the best way you can keep the faith, apart from staying connected with God, is staying connected with others. So keep the faith, stay connected. Five words. Keep the faith, stay connected with God and others. People that alienate themselves and isolate themselves, I know there's issues there. There's pride there. Say, I'm not going, we're going to talk about problems. No, I don't want to be, I don't want anybody knowing my business. So today, I'm not, we're going to take a little extra time today, and I'm going to pray. But when I do an altar call today, I want everybody to empty the seats and come up here because you are human. So I know, I know you struggle with pride as a human. So I'm not going to give an altar call and allow you to look foolish in God's eyes or my eyes. Say, hey, come up here and humble yourself if you struggle with pride. There'll be people sitting in their seat like this. Huh. No, not today. Everyone will empty the sound booths, the video booths, every farthest reach of this room, and you'll come to this altar with me because we're going to humble ourselves before God here in a moment. Go ahead and stand to your feet if you would, please. Say, you're forcing me to do it, man. So I don't know if that's real. Well, if, if I didn't get you going, would you ever get going? My mom and dad, they made us do some crazy stuff growing up, and I just thank them now. So you're going to pray. Say, y'all shouldn't legislate that. You shouldn't force that. Well, dad was like, well, while y'all live here, you're going to do what I ask. No, his was, you're going to do what I tell you. Forgot. Sorry to misquote you, dad. You're going to do what I tell you, right? I'm not hitting you from that angle, but I'm saying, please, 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 you want to reach God? You want to see his best in life? You want to be close to God? You need to make sure and humble yourself before him. Bow your heads and close your eyes today in his presence, if you would, please. If there's anyone at the sound of my voice on the live stream or in this house that says, I need to get right with God. Raise your hand. I want to pray with you right now. I want to pray with you. Let's, let's humble ourselves before him. Thank, thank God for your humility. Let's pray together. Let's agree. Everyone in the house, repeat this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I'm sorry for my sin. I know Jesus is my Lord and he's my Savior, but I need some help right now. I'm sorry for my sin. Cleanse me. I confess my sin. I need you, Lord. I can't do it without you. I need your presence. I need you in my life. I'm sorry. I believe. I still believe. But I need your help, Lord. Cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Now I want everybody to come on up to this altar facing me facing me. Kneel if you can, if at all possible. If you, you say, man, I'm not in a position where I can kneel, then you can stand. That's fine. But I'm going to tell you right now, 
And you can leave this on the live stream. I don't, I don't need a filter or anything else. You can leave this on the live stream. I want people to see that there are people here seeking God. They can do the same at home. I want this all to remain live. I want it to remain live for, for our benefit and their benefit because you can lead by example today. Right where you are, just begin to humble yourselves before God. Some of you say, man, I don't even know how to do that. You say, Father, I humble myself before you. You say, God, I need you. Say, God, I can't live without you. Say, God, I've been doing stuff in my own strength and I'm messing it up. Say, Lord, I'm sorry. Say, Father, I praise you and worship you. Did you know when you praise him, that's a form of humility. You want to find freedom? Get your worship on. You want to find freedom? Get your humility where it needs to be. Right now, we humble ourselves before you, God. We can't do it without you. We need you, Father. We need you, Father. We trust you, God. We trust you. We call out to the everlasting God right now. We call out to the everlasting God right now. God, hear the prayer of your people. We know you respond to humility. Every major revival in history, every revival in history was a product of humility. You say, man, it was just prayer. The humility led to prayer. The prayer led to more humility. Study it. Azusa Street, the great revivals, Acts chapter 2, it was all humility and brokenness. It led to the great moves of God. You study the moves of God in Wales and Scotland and England, it was always birthed through prayer and humility and repentance. Same within America, the great awakening. Revival fire is always birthed through the spark of humility. Lord God, we humble ourselves today. We need you today, God. We trust you today. Father God, in Jesus' name, we lift our voices to you as one. Go ahead and repeat this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I need you. I need you now more than ever. I can't do it without you. Come into my situation. Come into my life. Come into my family. I invite you into my troubles. I invite you into my secrets. I invite you into the dark rooms of my house. Lord God, bring light. Help me. Expose those things to me. The things I've ignored, denied, missed, lied about, run from, covered up. Oh God, have mercy on me. In Jesus' name. Continue to pray just for a moment. Just for a moment and then we'll go. I know we're limited on time, but this time, this is just right for you. This is just right for you. This is just right for you. Oh, Lord, we, we honor you. Lord, we worship you. Lord, we believe you and trust you. We can't do it without you. We humble ourselves before you. Lord God, help us to make it a daily practice. Help us to make it a daily practice. You say, man, it's a while since I've prayed on my knees. I know you pray, but there are times, seasons, where you've got to get down on your knees, on your face, before God. Old school. Jeremiah says, 
Let's go back to the old ways. Not the poor ways, not the bad way of doing it. No, the old ways, the old school, the old fashioned. Let's get it right with God. You want to be strong and be a man of God, a woman of God? You want to fight like a man or a woman, a strong man or woman of God? Then you do that on your knees. You do that before God. You do that when you humble yourself. God, bring a wave of humility and holiness to this church. I never want this church to just be feel-good and good points on a Sunday morning or some excitement or some worship together or just this or just that. God, you are the focus of this ministry, this church, this live stream, the audio, the podcast. Lord, anything that, that we're putting up on SoundCloud, Lord God, wherever this goes all over the world, you are the focus and we humble ourselves before you. And if we humble ourselves before you, truly, we'll humble, humble ourselves under your mighty hand and under those that you've placed as authority in our lives and under those and with those that you've placed as guides and accountability partners and Bible study leaders and leaders and different things like that. Parents, we will humble ourselves and learn to be wise. Wise in submitting to your word and submitting to you, God. I humble myself before you today, God. We thank you. Thank you that you would receive us at your throne of grace and mercy today. The blood of Jesus covers us. Continue to give us wisdom as we humble ourselves before you. Trust you. Believe you. Think about you. Talk about you. Meditate on your word. Repeat what you said. Live life according to your word. Never trying to separate pleasure and you the Word, and you. No, it's all you, God. Whatever we do is based around our faith, God. We're not separating anything to have secrets or I'm going to act this way here and act this way there. Everything is you. Everything is done through the filter of you and your Word and obedience to you and your Word, God, and a desire to please you. I thank you today. I thank you for holiness and humility and a chance to live in your grace and a chance to live as your child, your son and daughter. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, somebody said, amen. amen.